know I feel very formal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spilling Eve, a podcast where we gush over this amazing show that I'm obsessed with. And sometimes we drink beverages. Guys, I have lofty dreams of, I don't know, like building craft beverages that go with episodes. That's clearly not happening yet, but we are having some delightful sparkling grapefruit water. Yeah. Which is great. And my guest today, whose dulcet tones you just heard, is the incredible actor, writer, comedian, singer, Adele Marie Dix. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Adele, I will let you give some of your credits and some of your background. Adele is uh, my comedy partner and writing partner. We've worked together for a long time and we've known each other even longer. We went to high school together. It's true. So we all the way in New Brunswick. We know all the dirt on each other. Uh, So why don't you just tell the listeners a little about yourself? What's your deal? Oh, what is my deal? Um, okay, well, um, similarly to Christy, though we did go to high school together, we then separated for different schools. It was so heartbreaking. Heartbreaking until like two years later when it was exactly the same, but yep. better. Um, moved to Toronto to pursue that great dream of musical theater. Ah, yes, yeah, <laughs> such a realistic goal. Thinking that'll be easy and then maybe I'll be into acting a little bit. I don't know, but probably going to be on Broadway. <laughs> And very quickly realized nobody wants to hear a soprano anymore. <laughs> they just don't like that. They like rock musicals. Yeah. You need to be able to belt. You need to be able to belt. And that is not my strongest point. Um, so then I, Christy and I started doing some videos, getting more into acting on camera classes, took some classes at Second City, mm-hmm. pursued that, got into sketch comedy. We did musical comedy. Yeah, we started a comedy duo called Hot Cousin. Indeed. Uh, which was mostly musical comedy that we wrote and performed together because we have this musical theater background and we're like, we better be using our singing for something. Yeah. Uh, but also we did a Gilmore Girls themed improv show for years called Gilmore Girl Prov that got us... A lot more attention and press than pretty much anything else we've done. It was the most successful thing we've ever done. We got the front of the entertainment section in the star. It was really just, oh yeah, Vice came and like did videos at our show. And it was just us. It's the most like fan fiction-y thing we've ever done. It was just us pretending to be Rory and Lorelai. Like, yeah. It was very funny that that was, uh, that, that happened to hit. It's also the... I think of all the things we've worked on, we put the least effort into that. We literally just like made up words on stage and people loved it for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I guess uh, my trajectory has been interesting and now I consider myself an actor, writer, comedian, um, and I love to sing, but don't know where to use that talent. We'll get it in somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it'll be great well thanks so much for coming and being on the show hey it's my pleasure i love to watch tv in your basement so it really wasn't much of a stretch gosh me too uh okay so let's get into it today's episode is episode three of both spilling eve and killing eve episode three is entitled don't i know you and this one was written by vicky jones uh, so she was also a script editor for Crashing uh, and for Fleabag, which are both of mm. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's previous shows, uh, which is really interesting. So I'm not sure 
I maybe I should have done more research. I'm not quite sure what a script editor means within the like British TV context, but uh, maybe I'll ask our next guest, hey. Ian McIntyre, oh. TV writer. Uh, I'm pretty sure that means you're usually in the writer's room and you're one of the contributing writers. You're just not necessarily at the grade where you're getting your own script and getting that credit. Uh, and then it was directed by John East, who has directed three of the episodes in this season, which is quite a lot considering there's only eight episodes. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Okay. We, we just watched it. We did. This one is a doozy. It's a it's a really important episode. Totally. It's also interesting because I, I believe this is the first one that another writer is actually credited as the writer on. Hmm. And I do, I did find that I missed a little bit of that Phoebe Waller-Bridge like banter, joke, joke, joke. It didn't feel as funny. It's not as funny. This, And I think that's very smart for what happens in this mm-hmm. episode. I wrote down in my notes, um, this episode is not fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really succinct way of putting it. So we open up and Eve is describing Villanelle mm-hmm. to uh, a reconstruction artist person. And she's just giving this like vivid, really intimate description of her. And we're really tight on Sandra face and she's her beautiful beautiful face oh my gosh it's so good and we're not sure like oh she's she's trying to remember everything uh from the hospital and that she she knows about her and we just hear this like glorious description and then it cuts to the guy and he's like uh so is that is that a square face or or an oval face (laughs) like she's not (laughs) taking any of it in which is fun and funny and it's so nice to like start this episode on a joke at least so we're like okay we know what this show is it's Mm -hmm. not gonna go like super dramatic out of nowhere uh and then we cut to uh this businessman who we find out later is john woo also known as fat panda and uh he is making a call and saying he has to see a doctor and then it cuts very quickly to him at this doctor's office and really fast we kind of put together that this is some sort of like bdsm situation it's It's a front yeah it's not a real hospital hospital it's a little sexier um which is interesting because we don't really know where that's going or how that ties in until he finds out his favorite dominatrix is not there and it's his birthday and he wanted a special i don't know this is this does not appeal to me hey, so but don't you hate it when you're expecting something on your birthday you know what? and then you can't have it that i can relate to <laughs> adele and i are both uh tend to be big birthday people so i do understand i empathize well, i mean <laughs> In that way, yes. That's not a very so much good with way. the clamping of my scrotum, but yeah, I've never, I've never tried that myself. Uh, so he gets into what is like clearly set up as this sort of themed doctor's office torture dungeon, uh, and the nurse who's the dom is Villanelle. Mm-hmm. We're like, haha, she's got this weird wig on. And I feel like it's sort of the dorkiest she's looked yet. Like oh. it's not, I don't find it very like attractive. And usually she looks oh. so pretty. I thought it was attractive. Oh, so I funny. liked that color on her. I felt like she looked like kind of like a middle school substitute teacher or something. Mm. Just very like wholesome. Well, she is the substitute nurse. Ah, indeed she is. And so right away, uh, she clamps his balls and it kind of seems like she might be castrating him because she won't stop. He uses his safe word and she's just like, haha, I don't care. And puts a mask over his face and clearly starts killing him with some kind of gas, mm-hmm. uh, which is intense. And then she does this 
classic thing she loves to do where Ugh. she stares into his eyes and watch the life drain from his face. She really does love that. She 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 really, really does. And it's intense. And then he's dead. And that scene yeah. is over. So so it's a it's a really bold, strong way to start this episode. We've got another kill in. It's another very like creative one. Uh, and then we cut back to Eve. Mm-hmm. And Eve and Nico are together and uh, they're bantering about uh, eggs. Eggs that their chicken has Yeah, they have a laid. hen for some reason. I don't know Did where they that... have that in earlier episodes? I don't remember any context for this. It seems so random. Or which... is he just like this cool teacher maybe I don't know we'll we'll get to that in a second because he says something about like a parent teacher conference but earlier I thought he ran that like casino bingo hall recreation center so I don't really get what his deal is it doesn't super matter for the plot of this show Mm. but they're they're joking back and forth and it leads for some leads to some really like witty banter about are the eggs safe to eat while Eva's talking about this trip she's going on and he's asking like is the trip safe yeah and she keeps maybe willfully misunderstanding and being like no the eggs are safe or are they dangerous I don't know She's, like, constantly deflecting in that relationship. Totally. I have a lot of issues with that relationship. Oh, we'll get into them. Right. I'm not a fan of Nico's, as I've mentioned before. You said you don't mind him so much. I don't mind him. I think they have... I just don't understand their communication at this after being together for this long. But we can get back to that. Uh, we, I'm sure we will. Uh, so they're, uh, then Eve is with Bill. And uh, they're discussing on the phone uh, the asthma kill from the last episode. So Villanelle had poisoned the perfume and, again, watched a woman die and, like, choke to death in front of her. Hmm. Um, And Eve gets into the office and the team basically tells her about this uh, John Woo kill that we've seen from the beginning of the episode. And she's like, okay, yep, let's go. Let's go. Let's go figure it out. And they're all being a little cagey and a little weird. Yeah. And you can tell something's up and then they sort of drop the bombshell that Villanelle used Eve's name. When she signed into this place, she gave the name Eve Pilastri, her full name. She did. Which is pretty ballsy. Mm-hmm. She's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm here to fuck with you. And I want to get your attention. Mm-hmm. Like that is something that says like, I, yeah. I want you to know this. And yeah. I want to like be in communication with you kind of Mm -hmm. which is terrifying uh but it doesn't seem to throw eve that much like she she's a little uh taken aback but then she kind of just gets right back into it it's like Mm -hmm. she's almost prepared for that i think it, it so much of it is eve trying to be like oh that's fine that's fine because eve knows that she feels very weirdly connected to villanelle but she doesn't want to talk about that yes so instead it's easier just to be like oh weird oh well i guess let's go to berlin (laughs) (laughs) right and they're also talking about who gets to go to berlin and elena's like i want to go i want to go on a trip because she's always game and i love it and i feel like i'd be friends with her yeah uh we probably both would we'd hang out all the time they Uh, don't get she doesn't get to do very many fun things no not as much as she should uh, but then uh, they say, no, it makes more sense for Bill to go with you because he speaks German and he lived there and has all these contacts. And Bill happens to have his baby with him at the office because mm. uh, there was a babysitter 
thing and he's just sort of throwing his baby up and down being like daddy's gonna die ha 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 and eve doesn't like that and it's like bill come on and he's like i'm kidding what's the big deal dun 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 foreshadowing <laughs> uh yeah let's just say if you haven't watched this whole series yet please go watch this series there will be spoilers throughout this entire podcast i try to say that every time but i can't say it enough yeah yeah so so that's intense and then we cut back to villanelle and villanelle is in berlin post hit she's feeling top of the world she's done what she was there to do and she's there with this american tourist woman who has of course, like flowy brown, curlyish hair. Very interesting. And she is very quickly, we realize she is like role playing with her pretending she's Eve. And then she very quickly says like, I'm going to call you Eve, wear your hair down. Mm-hmm. And the woman is so like thrown, thrown off and is like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, my husband doesn't know I'm here. Like thinking she's having this fun affair. That actor's very good, by the way. She's great. They make out a little bit. It's a little sexy. And we Mm -hmm. kind of see like, okay, this Villanelle is like more than just like intrigued by Eve. She definitely has some kind of like obsession fascination with her. Yeah. Like it's going beyond just, oh, that's someone I'm going to kill. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because in uh, the next episode, we meet an ex of Villanelle's and we get a little insight into how she feels about people she's been with before, mm-hmm. women she's been with specifically. Then we're back and Eve is packing. Uh, oh, I have a question. This is my main question from her packing. Oh, good. I want to know, how tall is Sandra O? Oh? Mm-hmm. And how tall is that cabinet? Because even <laughs> when Nico goes over to help her get her luggage down from this cabinet, it's like pretty uh, hard for him to get. Maybe we can ask our producer, Chris, to look up Sandra O's height. I feel like he's already doing it. I feel like she's pretty short. I assume she's like my height because I always think actors are my well, height. Well, they often are. Yeah, I'm short, by the way, in case you can't tell from this voice. I'm not, but I know you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> she's five five and a half so okay that is, she's a little taller than how me. tall is the guy who plays nico oh it's good that might take a little longer <laughs> uh, we can come back to it that's really funny but that about. cabinet was like very tall comically tall i'd say uh which maybe was part of it like maybe that was intentional for a funny visual or an Perhaps. interesting visual maybe there's a deep meaning maybe not probably not maybe they're just tall cabinets in england i don't know uh but yeah, she's packing and uh, Nico is back early from, this is this is where we find out maybe he's a teacher because he says something about a parents meeting. Yeah. And he's like, I just lied and said all the kids were good so I could come back to you. Which that was one of the first lines where I kind of liked Nico because I was like, oh, that's cute and romantic. Mm-hmm. And I would like it if someone said that to me. But then I was like, is he a teacher? Yeah. I'm, what does this guy do? Killing Eve fandom. Please, please let me know. Maybe, Maybe I just missed something. I don't remember. Like, I cannot remember. But you've been watching them recently. I know. So, very weird. Um, what did I say about that? Oh, yeah. So, this is where they start communicating about, you know, he's, she's trying to say, like, oh, I have to go to work. Oh, it's the worst. I, I have to travel. Oh, I hate it. And he's like, yeah, you hate it. You hate it. And so, neither of them are saying, what they want to say and of course this happens in relationships but they have been together a long time from what she says later on in the show and are married yeah i think so i'm like do you not communicate like is he really not aware that you like 
this kind of crime that you're involved with, even though it's your job that you do enjoy that aspect of it. The danger. The danger of it. Like, could he really not know that? And do you really not talk about that? It's interesting because I feel like, I I mean, we know from the get-go that, like, he is very worried about her being part of MI6 and being a spy and not just being, like, kind of behind a desk anymore. Mm -hmm. And he's not really happy with it. And she is... So thrilled and so excited and so all in, even though she's nervous too. And she's knows she's a little out of her element. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's just one of those things where it's like just an unspoken thing between the two of them. But then we also, I, as this episode goes on, we get these, this feeling of sort of like distrust between the two of them. Oh, yeah. And he, it's like him feeling, it feels like if one person in a relationship thought the other was cheating. Yeah. And we get that really uncomfortable feeling. And the way she is answering him is very, like, quick and clipped and disingenuous. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a weird scene. Something I also didn't notice in this scene before uh, and rewatching it, I was like, oh my gosh, is he is the one who tells her again and again to label her suitcase and put her address on it because she lost her last suitcase traveling. Mm. So everything that like unfolds after this is, is partly of because of him like nagging her to put her address on her thing. Nico, Nico, Nico. Like that's, that's a lot. I was... It was really interesting to go back and see that. Not that she might not have had her address on it anyway, but it's very interesting that his insistence sort Mm -hmm. of leads to what is to come. Yeah. It's like by trying to protect her, they're actually giving away too much, which can be true of a lot of things. And like like a lot of those kind of luggage tags, whatever you're trying to do, this belongs to this person when you Mm. lose something, but then people find out something about you. Totally. A stranger, perhaps. Uh, Yeah. And, And at the end of that scene, they make out a little bit, which is very interesting to kind of in light of them not communicating it's like they know they both know they're not really on the same page but they still love each other and they still want to be connected yes and the other thing I take from that makeout is she is holding something back from him and he knows it she's not being honest with him about how she actually feels about going to do these missions and I feel like he then ends the kiss and walks away from her very abruptly and I feel like he's like I can withhold things too Ooh, so you th- you feel like it's kind of a power I do power oh yeah even the way he walks away is very like oh. see I think mm-hmm. I'm so like ugh about him that I don't read into it oh that much. no it, there's there's a lot of tension there even in that the way he stops kissing her because I think she thinks they're about to have sex mm-hmm. like that's how it reads that's not what not happens. in not in his mind so then we leave this marital strife and we're in berlin and we're seeing uh eve and bill pulling up to uh the scene of the crime and they're uh they're chatting a little bit they get out they go in and see where the hit took place where villanelle did it uh the guy who's there who i think is like an attache from the chinese government it seems like is uh sort of like cagey and not really giving information Mm -hmm. and kind of joking around with Bill because they're old friends from the good old days. And Eve is clearly just very uh, frustrated. She wants answers. She knows that it's weird that like they're not being really upfront. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's kind of like, okay, let's move on. Meanwhile, we're also watching Villanelle watching them. So from the moment they pull up, Villanelle is there. She is clocking the whole thing. She's watching Mm -hmm. them interact. She's like 
so fixed on Eve. And it ends with Villanelle stealing Eve's suitcase. Yeah. I have a question. Hit me. Because later, not to jump forward, but I'm going to jump forward. Right. Later, Villanelle is watching them or like listening to them. Mm-hmm. Does it show her bugging the room? No. So that's interesting. I, I thought the same thing. It doesn't show that. I thought maybe she had put something in that belt when Eve gets clothes maybe. and Villanelle like suggests sending a belt over to like complete the outfit. I thought maybe she had put something in that, like some kind of bug. Because that I think is the only thing that I saw her be in contact with yeah. that then was in Eve's possession instead of the opposite, her taking Eve's things. Um but it's also possible she just bugged the room earlier because she's a very good assassin. She sure is. She's great at what she does. So, yeah, so she, Eve's suitcase is stolen. And she's just annoyed and it's like, ah, Nico's going to be mad again because I keep losing suitcases. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see uh, Villanelle going through Eve's things at her place, just kind of like looking. She's like being condescending about the travel toothpaste and stuff. It's so weird. It's not travel toothpaste. It's Kinestin. Oh, that is hilarious. That makes a lot more sense. That's why she's like, poor baby. That makes a million times more sense. I was like, who cares? What is this? No, it's for yeast infection. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes... I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> what is Kinestin? Never heard of it. Uh... Uh, and then uh, Constantine is there and he basically tells her like, what? What are you still doing here? Because her job is over. You did your job. I booked you in this hotel for one night only. Are you having a fun vacation? He's kind of like, and she's like, yeah, I am. I like it. I like the city. Ha ha ha. There's nothing wrong. And he comments on the clothes that they don't really look like her style. And she obviously shouldn't be doing everything she's doing with Eve. So she just kind of like brushes it off. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he, he basically just tells her like, you need to leave. You need to get home. Uh, And he tells her that Eve is... There. Yes, yes. Uh, looking into Villanelle's work. Yeah. And Villanelle's like, oh, is she? Hmm, weird. Uh, and then Constantine leaves, or is about to leave, and the, the woman, the American tourist hook Wonderful woman actor. comes back. <laughs> and she's like, oh, who is this? Is this part of it? Like, so <laughs> sweet and naive, and almost introduces herself as Eve, because she knows that's the thing, and Villanelle cuts her off right before and Constantine leaves, and then the woman asks, like, oh, are those clothes for me? And Villanelle's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So she's obviously going to have this woman, like, dress up in Eve's real clothes. Ha ha. So creepy. Very creepy. So funny. Uh, really, really intense. Yeah. Uh, so, meanwhile, uh, the government, the Chinese government is saying that this hit was a heart attack. And that's why that guy died. And that's the official, like, party line. And Eve is not having it. So she gets uh, old Kenny face down to, like hunt down over the internet where where this uh, government official is so they can go find him and get the real story and he's kind of impressed that they found him but he's also being a little cagey and says he can't tell him tell them really anything until they get clearance which is going to be six months at least mm-hmm. he's just totally blowing them off it, it's funny i that scene was really interesting with bill and eve and uh Bill, Bill says something really awkward and they both kind of like look at him weird and there's just mm-hmm. a lot of sort of like very real moments in that conversation. 
And then he asks Eve out. This guy basically asks yeah, Eve out on he's a he's super date. into her. Uh, and he's a little creepy and very forward, but she wants to know what she wants to know. So she's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and she goes dress shopping because all of her clothes have been stolen. So she buys, she's buying this really nice dress, trying it on. She feels like it doesn't really look right, which is when Villanelle mm-hmm. sends over a belt to like complete the look. Uh, As she's spying on her. Yeah, yeah. and Eve loves it. Uh, not knowing it's from her, you know, mm-hmm. nemesis. And so then that's it. They're going to go uh, have, Eve's going to go on this date and hopefully learn information. Um, she Skypes with Nico and there's some event going on. Could you tell what that event was that? I feel like it was just like a dinner party. Yeah. It just looked like a dinner party with friends that she was also supposed to be at. And we see more of that disconnect and the communication being weird and him asking if it's Bill knocking and her saying yes, even though it is, it seems like a lie. Yeah. And uh, he notices the fancy new dress and it's just, it's just a very like uncomfortable interaction he's like jokingly asking if she's having an affair with bill but he's not really joking but she's really not but something's going yeah it's just it's just one of those i think everyone can relate whether it's a partner or a friend or whatever to those conversations you have where you're not being upfront with someone and they're not being upfront with you and Mm -hmm. you just know like this is a surface conversation but neither of us is actually being honest yeah and it sucks. Yeah. It made me, like, cringe to kind of, like, feel that. Yeah. Uh, and then Bill is dropping her off at the subway to go to the state. And uh, he notices Villanelle wearing the scarf. Because in all of Eve's things was this green scarf that Nico gave her. And she was saying that's really the only thing she is sad about losing. She hates all her clothes. And Villanelle's wearing it. And so we still see Villanelle sort of clocking Eve about to get on the subway and um, Bill goes up to her and it's like, oh, that's in German. It's like, that's a nice scarf. Did we skip something? Oh, I just want to say that we do see Villanelle intentionally bumps into Bill earlier in the episode mm-hmm. as well on the street. Yes. And then looks back, but like looks back in a way where she's pretending that she hasn't seen him. Mm-hmm. But he clocks her and then her face as she turns realizes like she did that intentionally. He makes eye contact with her earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So so then they have this weird exchange. They're both speaking in German. Uh, He asks about the scarf. She says it's like from her mother's boutique or something. They just have this sort of like awkward interaction. Mm -hmm. And we cut to Eve having this terrible dinner date with this guy who's just being so obnoxious and so like he's overt. He's like dorky creepy yeah so it's less creepy because you're like i'm not afraid of you but you're so gross and so annoying yeah and and (laughs) earlier before this bill had sort of said to eve like he wants to sleep with you yeah and she's like no whatever and he's like obviously that's what he wants yeah uh and it is obvious and it's uncomfortable and she's kind of like okay give me the information and he keeps like flirting and being like we gotta drink wine first ha 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 there's also a theme i noticed that i didn't notice the first time i watched it of um eve's character well sandra o's character eve 
is feeling like she often does things or says things that make it seem that she does not think she is desirable or beautiful. Totally. Which her is and Bill very ha- interesting. Her and Bill have this conversation where they're kind of talking about like, have you ever been attracted to me? Have you ever been attracted to me? And they both say no. Mm-hmm. And she seems almost a little disappointed by it, even though she's not attracted yeah. to him. And we find out in that exchange a little bit about Bill's past and that he... And his sexuality. Yeah, he has this beautiful quote. I'll bring it up in my favorite lines, even though it wasn't a funny line. And usually those are my favorite. It's just so beautiful about how he's like pansexual and has been with men and women. And mm-hmm. he's. she asks like, how many, how many men have you been in love with? He's like hundreds. Yeah. And his marriage... Uh, who he his partner he has his daughter with he's like yeah we it's because we wanted a kid it's not because I'm in love with a woman Mm -hmm. and Eve is so taken aback and thinks they're such a perfect couple so we just we get such an insight into his life yep but you're right at the same time we see Eve sort of feeling undesired and when she's talking to Nico Nico's like um what does he say? He says something like, you look beautiful or something like that. And she's like, oh, I doubt it. Um, Which is very unbelievable for me because Sandra O oh is so beautiful. Yeah, but it but... adds such an interesting complexity to this character. Yeah. And for her to be like, oh, whatever. He doesn't want to, like, that's not where her head goes. And what a good, like, uh, thing to put against Villanelle, who clearly thinks she is the most desirable person in the universe mm-hmm. and indulges in that constantly throughout this and is obsessed with eve so that must make eve feel so good and that explains some of their weird connection and totally anyway totally uh yeah so the dinner is just like terrible uh and it's going on and on and eve is like trying to throw away the flirting and trying to just get information and meanwhile bill is trailing villanelle and he calls Eve and is like, I think maybe this is her. And he's he's following her around. And we cut back and forth a bit. And then we see uh, Villanelle get into a nightclub. And she sort of like sweet talks a bouncer to get in and like skip this massive lineup. And she literally just looks him in the eye. Yep. And he gets like scared. And yeah, her in. totally. Which is so interesting because I mean, Jodie Comer as an actor has such an intensity, but she also, as Eve describes her earlier on, she does have like soft features mm-hmm. and she is very beautiful. So I think the combination of that is something that this character uses to her advantage all the time. Mm-hmm. She has such a presence but she's also so pleasant looking and I think that's hard for people to resist or like say no to yeah uh so she goes in and she kind of looks back towards Bill and Bill tries to get in and obviously he's not quite as cute as Villanelle so he has to wait in the line he's calling Eve Mm -hmm. while he's doing this yes and Eve has had to ignore his calls a couple times and then um before we get to them both in the club Eve gets something from... Yes, like a USB drive, a thumb drive. Yeah, but what is it exactly? We don't know. We don't know yet? I don't think. But he, it's in this jewelry box, and it's so weird, and he keeps trying to like give her this jewelry box, the government official, and she's like, oh, and she opens it up, and it's this thumb drive, and he's like, this is just a little something for you. So I assume when I saw that, like, oh, it's got to be some information oh, yeah. that she needs. And then Bill gets into the club, and he's looking around frantically, and the way this scene is shot is 
so good Mm -hmm. and the first time i watched this i was so overwhelmed and shocked massive spoilers ahead in case you haven't turned this podcast off spoilers spoilers on killing 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 (laughs) so so he goes in uh he can't find her he can't find her uh eve uh is has left the date yep got the calls and is following after him and is worried and so we see Villanelle making eye contact with Bill in this super busy, super crowded club. The music's loud. The lights are like wild. And they get super close to each other. And then just almost immediately, Villanelle just starts stabbing Bill. Well, also she looks at him. And as soon as she looks at him from a distance, he's like, oh, I am fucked. I have to get out of here. And he starts running away. Instead of of chasing, like continuing. He's not chasing her anymore. He knows he's in for trouble. Totally. And that it's a super dangerous situation. Yeah. Uh, She stabs him so casually. She just pulls him into her and stab, 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 stab. And he's dead. And it's so crowded and loud that no one notices. And no one is even aware that this is happening. And she can just sort of like. She like throws him to the bodies on the floor. Just like slink out. And Eve uh, finds him pretty much right away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like they're just. It's it's such good dramatic tension for TV. Because it's like. Oh if you had been there 30 seconds earlier. A minute earlier. But even if she had. I don't know that it would have changed anything. But would Villanelle have been thrown because of Eve? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know because. But because we we also don't know why is Villanelle killing Bill? That's not a hit that she's been assigned. That's not something she's supposed to do. In fact, that might be something she'll get in trouble for mm-hmm. because it only makes it more suspicious and it only brings her in more. Well, I started thinking about this a little bit while we were watching the episode, and the way that Villanelle is with Eve reminds me a little bit of how Angel was with Buffy when he turns evil. Oh, Angel, like bad angel. Bad angel, Mm -hmm. evil angel. In season two, he starts, he doesn't try to kill Buffy. He still loves Buffy. He's still obsessed with her. But he starts like killing her friends, doing really messed up things Mm -hmm. to get her attention. Mm. And I feel like it's like I can provoke her by killing him. Because it doesn't really serve her to kill him. No. And she, and she kind of plans the whole thing. Like, I don't think she ever intended to follow Eve. Well, that's interesting. We have a question about that, so we Ooh, can get into it. I could be uh, wrong. A fan but, question. But yeah, that and that's how the episode ends, basically. Mm-hmm. Bill's dead. And <laughs> this Bill... episode should have been called Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. It's so terrible. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, and it's so shocking. Watching this the first time... This is the third episode of the series. Up till now, we've understood that Bill is a secondary character in the show. We love him. He serves such an important uh, role for Eve as this sort of uh, counterbalance to her wildness. He's grounded. He's a little more serious. He's maybe a little more jaded. He's been at it longer. And and he's a bit of her rock in mm-hmm. that way that like Miko really isn't right now. Bill and... Eve have this connection that's just like very tender and very beautiful and very grounding I think and now that's gone and he I mean I guess we don't know that he's dead when the episode ends but it's pretty clear oh yeah Uh, he's so dead (laughs) (laughs) and I was so shocked and so sad because I love their banter I love their connection and as soon as I realized that was going to be gone and no more of that would be on the show I realized like oh I I think I love that even more well yeah I thought I didn't think about it as much 
I think it, uh, when I wrote this episode's not fucking around, I think I was like, oh, this is very interesting because this is a point in the show where you figure out that it's a little bit of everything. Like it is this lighthearted show Mm -hmm. where there's murder happening, but you can still laugh and it's interesting. There's a lot of humor. It's great for like true crime followers, but it's also great for people who just love you know, comedy, drama, whatever. But this episode is like, oh no, actually really terrible things are going to happen. Yeah. Like this to is characters a characters you love. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it is, it is kind of a, I think it's a really interesting point in the series in an eight episode season to throw that in and mm-hmm. be like, hey, it's not, they're not waiting until the finale of season one, three episodes in. They're like, we're going to kill a character you thought you loved. Yeah. He's not a character anymore. Deal with it. Yeah. Which is bold. Very, very yeah. old. But helps Eve's journey so much. Of course. Going and it, forward. And it really, really, I think, motivates the trajectory to start going a little bit faster oh, yeah. and getting a little more intensely dramatic. So that's that's it. Is there anything we missed plot-wise in this episode that you wanted to touch on? I'm just looking at my notes. Da-da-da. We're very thorough here I wrote Sandra O's the best i wrote well she elevates bad work and shines in good work um i wrote kill bill (laughs) i felt pretty good about that (laughs) um but i do the only thing that i want to say that we didn't miss but i am surprised that he followed her like that Mm -hmm. like i'm not sure what he thought he was going to do well, it's interesting because the first time I watched that, I was kind of like, what are you doing? Why don't you have backup? Because I get very mad in any show when people yeah. go into situations without backup. This happens on one of my other favorite shows, Law & Order SVU, mm. constantly because they're all such like warriors for justice. They always put themselves in harm's way. And it, I'm sure with the adrenaline and in real life that happens all the time, but it's mm-hmm. very frustrating as a viewer to be like... You could just call someone and then people will be on their way. And instead you're like slinking around a murderer's house. I kind of took it this time watching it because Germany was his home turf. And he talks a little bit about what a time it was in his life and how sort of reckless and free and wild he Mm. was there. I thought maybe there was some of that where he felt very comfortable and maybe he had a little bit of that nostalgia, revertigo, like oh in Germany I'm this like wild guy with and no I was limits. young yeah not that that would have saved him but yeah yeah which is interesting uh let's talk about Sandra Oh for a minute though because <laughs> forever she's the best and I think I think that is bang on that when she is in projects that are just mediocre she still shines when yeah. she's in great work she also shines equally it's not like Oh, she just blends in and she's just good now. She stands out so well. So you're a Grey's Anatomy fan. Yeah, I mean, till like season five. I mean, sure. It's been on for like 15 years. Were you a fan of hers from that show? Oh, hell yes. I have not really seen her in a lot of other things, to be honest, other than The Princess Diaries. Of course. Hello. Um, and Under the Tuscan Sun, where she's also the great best friend. I don't think I've seen that movie. <laughs> I love Diane Lane in a way I can't really explain. Uh, hey, that rhymed. Um, <laughs> Producer Chris is doing poetry snaps snap. over here. Um, so I've always loved her, but on Grey's Anatomy, and it's very interesting because Shonda Rhimes even says, like, her character... Um, Christina Yang. Thank you. I, know I was much. like, I was like, oh my gosh, what's her name? I know that because I had a friend named Christina Yang. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. Interesting. Yeah. 
I had a friend too. It was Sandra Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. She is so good and that character is so complex. And for all of the cheesiness, and especially as the show goes on Grey's Anatomy, it gets more and more soap opera-y and not something I'm really a fan of. It didn't matter in terms of Sandra Oh and that character and what she could bring to it. And every time Shonda Rhimes would talk about Grey's Anatomy, it was all like, I think she feels like she is the Christina Yang, or like they yeah. are each other. She or talks she's about the, it. That characters are muse. In like, her book, in Shonda mm-hmm. Rhimes' book, she, she goes on and on, not about the lead of the no. show, but about the character of Christina Yang. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, she's a wonderful interesting woman and Sandra O oh plays her that way and it's yeah that's how I became a fan of her for sure yeah Sandra oh, I mean I will always remember her from Princess Diaries because that was my introduction to her she has a super small role as the high school but principal, she's good <laughs> but she makes it incredibly memorable and funny I will quote one of her six lines from that movie still yeah. I mean we're also big fans of that movie maybe that will be a, hey. a different podcast <laughs> just us it defending can be on Hathaway. our Mandy Moore podcast uh, please sir may I have some um, Mandy, Mandy Moore. Moore but yeah I I and to me, to see her in a kids movie where she stands out and she's so funny and so interesting, acting against, you know, Julie Andrews, and then see her career and the way it's sort of gone over the last, how long has it been yeah. since that movie? 20 years. Uh, really? <laughs> is, is really interesting. And I mean, the, the interviews with Sandra Oh about this show have been so fascinating. And please, if you ever want to come on this podcast... I promise we can record somewhere that's not my basement. But it it's wild because she makes this show so, so good. Yeah. And the fact that she hasn't had that opportunity necessarily before and that she hasn't just been offered every amazing film and TV role is like such an injustice. It kind of shows how uh, for a person of color in the industry, especially an Asian woman, these roles have not necessarily been available oh, or yeah. accessible to them before. I mean, even Grey's Anatomy, the I'm sure the reason that she booked to that is because they did colorblind casting. That's something I think Shonda Rhimes does for all her shows. I'm not 100% sure on that. But yeah, so that gave her that amazing opportunity I mean, we also haven't mentioned Sandra Oh is a Canadian actor, which yeah. for us is like very exciting. Hey, oh. Uh, us little Toronto babies. And she uh, studied in Montreal at the National Theatre School. So I will always be starstruck because Lee Rivenbark, who was like an acting teacher when we were kids and directed <laughs> the Theatre New Brunswick Theatre School, went to school with her. And I will never get over that. And Nor I, should you. <laughs> I don't know that they were friends or are in any way in contact anymore, but I just remember hearing that and being like, oh, she's a real actor. Mm-hmm. She trained classically, theatrically. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the real deal. She is the real and deal. And I think that's always, like, lent a respect towards her and her craft. Not just a movie star or a TV star, but, like, she's an actor. Well, even Killing Eve, which she has the title role, it... If you were to watch that with a different actor, I'm not saying they wouldn't do a good job, but it takes a very specific kind of actor to take those lines in that role, which is supposed to be the more like boring, Mm -hmm. straight person role. Like Villanelle is the 
fun, exciting, dramatic. Like, like in I feel like with almost any other actor, we would only be talking about the actor who plays Villanelle. But because Sandra Oh is so good and so interesting and plays these characters just so real and honest. She's my favorite part. She's so good and so compelling and so, I mean, I feel like I overuse that word on this podcast, but it's because of these performances. Yeah. They draw you in. And I we can say uh, Sandra Oh has been nominated for an Emmy for this performance, which is because so... Because of this podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> listeners. Uh, I don't know how we did it, but I guess <sighs> it, it happened. Uh, but like that is huge and it's made Emmy history and... And it's so well-deserved. And I know people also feel like Jodie Comer deserves nominations because her performances on this show are amazing. And I feel like it's sort of a Tatiana Maslany thing where she's not nominated for this season, but if Killing Eve has a few more seasons, she she will will be be. for sure. But it's it's so exciting that Sandra Oh has been nominated. And uh, I can't wait to do some kind of Emmy spectacular. Yeah. And she better win. Ooh, and Jodie Comer, if you want to know how good of an actress she is, Go on Netflix, watch another BBC series called 13 about a girl who returns home after being captured for 13 years because she plays, it's like night and day from this Villanelle character and I can't believe that she has this kind of range. I mean, I know really good actors do, but it's so impressive. And she's so young too. It's kind of mind boggling. Even just hearing interviews where she just has her normal British accent, I'm like, yeah. You, you're a different person. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so inspiring. <laughs> okay, on to segments. All right. We could gush forever. Sandra O, oh, we love you. You're excellent. Thank you for doing this part so well. First segment, dun, 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 top line. So what were your top favorite lines of the episode? We I mentioned there weren't as many jokes in this one. Mm-hmm. I only wrote down one. All right, let's hear it. It's when uh, Villanelle is talking to her handler or whatever. Constantine. Constantine. And she talks about how she is having a vacation in Berlin and like things to do. And then she goes, the Jewish Museum? That is massively poignant. (laughs) Massively poignant. (laughs) It's the way she says it. It's her accent. It's the fact that... She is such a devious murderer. I can't even tell. Going to a Holocaust museum? I can't even tell if she's kidding or telling the truth and it doesn't matter. She's also eating a burrito or something while she says it. Uh, Yeah, it's just so good. I also had that one written down because it's so funny and so out of... It's so funny. And if you don't understand why it's so funny, just go rewatch it because you will. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I put down a couple other ones. I really, really uh, loved Bill's line when they're talking about his past and his sexual history. And he says, I just fall in love with whoever I fall in love with. Yeah. And he says it so sweet and so genuinely. And he's basically saying, like, pre-Janelle Monet's announcement, like, I'm a pansexual. But he's just saying it in a way that's so accessible and easy. And we've talked on previous episodes of this podcast about how progressive the show is in so many ways and how the queer representation is like very integrated in a normal way. It's not mm-hmm. just flashy. Um, it's not necessarily just queer baity. It's kind of in there. Yeah. And for him to say this, a character who we already love and we didn't necessarily know that about before, I just, it like made me tear up. Oh, It's so sweet. I'm too emotional. Uh, and then the other line I had was from... 
when Bill and Eve are uh, at the site of the murder of the hit and they're being told what happened and the guy's explaining it and he says his balls were I don't know the word and Bill and Eve in unison say clamped Clamped. (laughs) which is just so funny so 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 funny so uh even though he's not American it feels like such an American clamped clamped (laughs) totally I think that was my favorite uh line of the ep so next segment top ship top ship so Adele do you know what it means to ship people to people no okay I'm gonna try to explain I'm an old millennial I don't know how to say this properly so shipping someone is like two characters who you love and Mm -hmm. wish were in a relationship or want to be in a relationship oh like relationship I think that's where it comes from that's for sure youths please explain to me if I'm wrong I would love to know uh but a lot of times it happens with shows that have really big fandoms whether or not the characters are necessarily together they're kind of hinting at it people will be like oh I ship these people happens with YouTubers a lot like I ship these two YouTubers together so Hmm. with that in mind who is your top ship of this relation of this episode? I will go first. Yeah, you go. For me, this episode, it's all Bill and Eve. Mm-hmm. And part of me, I'm sure, is saying that because it's Bill's last episode and that's my last chance. But we get an insight into their friendship and their relationship in a in a deeper, more uh, vulnerable way than we have before. We've seen them banter. We've seen them challenge each other. But here, like, he's sitting on her hotel bed and they're talking about their sex lives and who they've loved and... They're gabbing. They're just... It's just so sweet. And it just... It just reminds me of, like, great friends I've had in my life and, like, what that close friendship is like. Yeah. Um, I also wrote Bill and Eve, but then I didn't know if I wrote the wrong thing because I don't see them together romantic... Not sexually romantically... But in the way that we are romantic as friends, like just like caring and totally. And, yeah. Like a deep, um, deep friendship can be very intimate. Yeah. And we see that intimacy, I think. Yeah. So I definitely wrote the same thing. Great. And I stand by it. All right. We win. Uh, okay. Ship. Last uh, top of the ep. Top kill slash kill count. So I think if I'm correct, the there kill count two. is only two. Yeah. And w- one of them happens right away and the other one is a major character and that's wild uh so of the two kills we have the fake nurse dom kill mm-hmm. of fat panda and then we have bill's kill yeah what would you say is your top kill of the ep it's bill oh i feel differently <gasps> because i think i hate that bill was killed and murdered and it makes me so sad but it's so good it is. It's such good TV. But also, I think the other murder is more, like, creative and uh, weird and entertaining. I think there's more entertainment value. Although you could argue it's entertaining to watch a beloved character be killed. Yeah. For me, that's, like, not... I don't want to look at it. Oh, I... So it's not the top for me. Yeah, I'm the opposite for sure. I felt like I was much more... Even though it was terrible and I was like, no, Bill. I was much more satisfied by his death because... You're engaged and the stakes are higher, The maybe? stakes are higher and she's really... Like, when she's killing the other guy, she gets satisfaction out of it obviously that's mm-hmm. her thing the old stare in the, the eye old suck the life out of you um but she is still performing a job a task that she was told to do whereas this is like so it feels so like 
primal and like oh yeah dark and the way she stabs him even i don't even know what she's stabbing him with yeah, it must be such a small blade because we don't see it's, anything and it's just so 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 fast and i don't see that very much on television or anywhere thank yeah. god <laughs> um so i was just like oh like i felt so many more feelings watching that kill totally listeners let us know which was your top kill and why top kill bill bye uh okay that brings us to our next segment which is of course bum 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 eve mail eve mail eve mail eve mail uh so today's question uh is specifically about this episode and it comes from jess who on twitter is at edwardisms if you would like to give Jessa follow. The question says, my question is regarding the scene with Villanelle at the train station in episode three. We know that Villanelle planned for Bill to follow her to the nightclub. However, do you think that there was an element of surprise in Villanelle the moment Bill grabbed her before boarding the train and asked about the scarf? Uh, This may have been feigned because Villanelle is good at masking feelings, but she almost looked hypnotized as she watches Eve get on board and it looks like she wants to go get on board following her it's like Bill grabbing her snaps her out of out of looking at Eve so that's the question Hmm. which is very interesting because we kind of touched on this when we were talking about the plot uh I don't know how premeditated do you think the club murder was I don't know for sure, obviously, because I didn't write it, and I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, is that the only reason you asked Yes. Me? Oh, how embarrassing. Oh, God. Well, I'll just finish. We're almost done. Um, it's fine. I'll just re-record this episode. Oh, of course. Right. Um, so I'll never know for sure unless someone tells me, and I wonder if it is up, in, up to interpretation, but I am of the mind that it was all planned because of the way she bumps into Bill earlier in the episode because I know she doesn't really have an intention at this point to kill Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, and because she wasn't conspicuous, like she knows how to be inconspicuous mm-hmm. and she was conspicuous totally in both situations. So if she actually wanted to be more coy about that, there are so many ways she could have done it and she doesn't. And she also, she does stare at Eve for a long time, but she also could have gotten onto the train before she does. Like, she really takes her time, and that is another reason I think she's waiting. Well, it's almost like she wants Bill to see her looking at Eve, Mm -hmm. because that is obviously something he would and does clock, Mm -hmm. which is uh, pretty creepy. Yeah. But yeah, I I think I I tend to side more... towards that just because she is so good at what she does and we've seen it time and time again and although i do think eve has the ability to throw her as we see in future episodes Mm -hmm. i mean the finale is a very good example of that uh i don't know that at this point it would let her get that far off track yeah so thanks so much for the question jess off Uh, train tracks oh my gosh the puns are endless Hope y'all love that. Uh, you can send in your emails <laughs> uh, to spillingeve at gmail.com or send us a DM on Twitter or Instagram at spillingeve. We want your questions. We want your thoughts. Are we way off base? Is there a line that you think stands out in a certain episode that we didn't touch on? Send it in. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is a fan podcast. We want to get down to the fans. All right. That brings us to our final segment of the show, Ooh. which is, of course... 
confirm the kill, a.k.a. plugs. Oh! So, Miss Adele, where can people find you? Where can they follow your budding career, your work? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Adele Dix. That is my last name. Not to juke. Um, <laughs> Great joke, though. What else? I don't know. You can come see me perform with the Skechersons, aka Sunday Night Live, at Comedy Bar every Sunday at 9.30 p.m. In Toronto. In Toronto. We have a new host every week, and it's pretty fun. All new original show every week. Uh, do I do anything else? I mean, you do a lot. You're in an episode of Yoga 101, which is a CBC comedy web series we were both in. Well, Christy created it. All right. Uh, And you can be seen in lots of shorts and sketches. Sometimes I'm on commercials. If you're young, maybe you saw me in a Mothers Against Drunk Driving movie at your high school. Yeah. You were probably like, that girl's old. You're playing a teenager (laughs) and you were like 27 when you played the part. Guys, this industry's weird. Uh, I'm going to check in one last time with producer Chris. Did you get Nico's height at any point? Not available. Oh, Oh, he's not famous enough. Or he's trying to bury it because men are insecure about their heights, especially he's in this industry. He's clearly tallish. <laughs> he's obviously like 5'8 at least. I mean, if anyone has the inside scoop, if you work on the Killing Eve set and you can just sort of like <laughs> amble up to him with a weird is, measuring tape. Is the wardrobe on IMDb? <laughs> can we find its height? How tall is that wardrobe? Get us It just looks like info. comically large. <sighs> okay, anyway. little killers. Until next week. Bye. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 